Welcome to the Perspectivalist. I am your host, Yuri Brito. Our agenda is to offer a perspective of the world that allows you to think more clearly as a Christian. We want the normativity of scriptures to be the starting point of everything we do. Thanks for joining the conversation. This is Season 4, Episode 2. And on this episode, I sit down in my office with a local Pensacolian by the name of Jordan Bush. Jordan is a contributor to the book, Thank God for Bitcoin, The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money. He has a very interesting story, and we discuss in this episode a little bit about the nature of Bitcoin and what the future holds for Bitcoin as a currency in this plethora of currencies in our world, what's unique about it, and how it can aid the Christian kingdom. Thanks for tuning in. Here's my interview with Jordan Bush. Well, I'm here with uh, my friend Jordan Bush. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, it's been good to get to know you a little bit these last few months. And um, I wanted to talk about the topic of, of Bitcoin for a variety of reasons. But it's truly the currency that can't be devalued, right? Yeah. And when you're in a market where everything is devalued, not just currency, yeah. but also culture, mm-hmm sexuality, everything invested, uh, Bitcoin must become a part of the conversation. Uh, Before we we delve into it, give me a little background of who you are. I know that you lived a season in Uruguay, and was that where the initial interest in Bitcoin was stirred? Yeah, that definitely was the case. So I I moved to Uruguay. Uh, We were uh, church-pointing missionaries uh, down there and helped plant a small church, as Reformed Baptist Church down there, yeah, and uh, and so then it was during that time uh, that I, I heard about Bitcoin. You know, didn't didn't buy any, didn't know anything about it. You know, I, I don't have any investing background or anything, and so was primarily interested. The more that I learned about it, was primarily interested because half of our church in Uruguay were Venezuelan immigrants. Wow, um, and so they had seen their currency be devalued to nothing to the point where people were throwing their you know throwing their currency literally in the street and in trash cans um, in mass because it just became worthless and so I uh, just had really had a desire to try to understand why that was happening and then that led me down the road to ask the question what is money and you know and I try to come up with some as a, as a you know biblical thinker trying to come up with a, a biblical response to that answer or to that question um, and then the more that I understood Bitcoin the more I just began to see a lot of uh, parallels and uh, between the priorities that the scriptures lays out and and the way that Bitcoin was was built and engineered, and so yeah, it's just it's been a, a wild ride since since uh, beginning down that road, but it's been really interesting. <laughs> so when I say Bitcoin can't be devalued, that doesn't mean the price can't no can't move, yeah. which it does. It does, yeah. But it means it's not uh, controlled by outside forces, right? Absolutely, yeah. This is a big part of Bitcoin's value proposition is that um, unlike fiat currencies, which are, are currencies which are just backed by, uh, they have value because the government says they do. Right. Um, and, you know, Rather than that kind of a, a situation, Bitcoin is much more um, analogous to something like gold or silver, okay. where there are fixed production costs that go into um, producing it. And so... Um, yeah, there's a, there's scarcity involved there. There's a number of different uh, number of different principles, but Bitcoin it seems it's counterintuitive to a lot of people. How how is there you know production costs with Bitcoin? Um, well, with with gold, you have to pay people to dig it up out of the ground yep. and refine right, it and all right, these right, things. Yeah. And Bitcoin involves a lot of the same things. Obviously, not producing a physical asset, uh, but in order to mine Bitcoin, uh, in order to bring new Bitcoin into the market, um, you have to have specialized computers. A lot of electricity. A lot of electricity. You have to you know pay people to work those facilities, um, and you have to involve real energy production. So whether it's oil and natural gas or whatever it is, um, you know you're there are real 
world inputs that go into making into you know into making a digital currency. So when you read these Bitcoin papers, you you I mean we're talking about something relatively new, yeah. right? Even mm-hmm. though maybe it was conceived a, a, a while back, yeah. But relatively new. So as you look at it, I remember. And for the record, I invest in Bitcoin. Yep. When I first got into it many years ago, it was around three, four thousand yep. dollars, and then it's gone up significantly. It's come yep. down a little bit, yep. but I've I've noticed that the uh, that it has uh, certainly it has found kind of a fixed place. In other words, it hasn't moved as radically as it used yep. to. Why do you think that's the case? I mean, twenty-seven thousand something as of this morning here. Yeah, yeah. So again, Bitcoin. Uh, one of the things that I say is Bitcoin is volatile for the same reason that my two and a half year old son is volatile. <laughs> It's because he's full of he's he's very young he's full of life um, he he hasn't reached maturity and so when you have uh, an asset like Bitcoin where currently about one to two percent of the world uses it wow. very small you know uh, inputs of, of people and resources can rapidly you know move the price up and down denominated in dollars um, but again that's that's this really that's this dynamic that's very difficult for people especially here in the United States and in the West more broadly to to get is thinking about um, you know, Bitcoin is changing denominated in U.S. dollars. It's U.S. denominated price is changing, but the Bitcoin itself isn't changing day to day. Right. It's just the amount. It's the, the amount of people and the amount of money, amount of dollars that are flowing in and out of that system are the, are what is changing the way that we perceive it. Um, but Bitcoin itself, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. You right. Know? And so, right. Um, so there there will only ever be twenty one million Bitcoin. You know, there's programmatic scarcity that you, you nobody can do anything about. Um, again, we don't have time to go into all that, but it's just basically one of these things where it, it's designed to be um, scarce. It's designed to. Um, you know, it, it's going to go up in value the more people that use it. And like I said, one to two percent right now. Every four years, the supply, uh, the amount of Bitcoin, new Bitcoin that's introduced into the market, um, gets cut in half. Yeah. So, for instance, right now, there's every ten minutes, there's another block uh, that releases uh, 6.125 Bitcoin into the world. Yeah. In about another year, that amount that's introduced every every ten minutes will get cut in half into 3.0, whatever that is. Okay. Um, and so, again, that that tends to drive up. The, do- the dollar denominated price as more and more people get into it yeah. and there's less available you reach a, a right. point where it drives I'm, up I'm thinking through yeah. just through <laughs> scatological lenses right yes. there, there's a goal here it's, yes. there's a trajectory there's a telos very very much so yeah. there is it's, well there's great theological implications why should um, th- this the nature of it it's not fixed in some department in DC yep. so there's a, a level of, of freedom there yep why are Christians becoming interested in it? And I, I would love to hear any experience you have in terms of how has this kind of way of doing exchanges helped the missiological work of the church? Yeah, and so th- this is a this is there's a two there's two fronts on which to answer this question. Um, why do Christians do anything? You know, this is right. this is a good question for you know philosophical thinkers and people who take their faith seriously. Um, and Jesus would answer that question in two ways. You know, love God and to love your neighbor. And so. Uh, you know, this is a, a big thing to me. Why does this matter? It matters because fundamentally, um, God created a world in which uh, there is God founded a world on the principle of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. Um, the Apostle Paul goes so far as to say in the Book of Galatians that God is not mocked for what a man sows that will he also reap. And so, if you think about other, there's other ways that that idea is rephrased. Um, you can think about God will render to each one according to his works. Right. Um, you think about Jesus and, and the nature of the nature of uh, how God dealt with sin. Why, why couldn't God just forgive us our our sins without sending Jesus? Right. And it's because 
actions have consequences. This is the nature of things. And so, whereas the, the fiat uh, monetary system basically says it, it allows governments and central banks to act like gods, mm-hmm. to vote themselves godlike divine power to bring, re, to bring uh, you know, to create things out of nothing, mm-hmm. which as Christians, we, that's, a, that's a, an ability that's reserved for God alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things, uh, a currency like gold and silver would, would be a harsh contrast to that, right. um, that says, you know, we, we can't, we can't create value. We can only, you know, access it, mod- modify it, but we can't create it. Um, and so, Bitcoin, very much in, in a very real sense, um, submits itself to this this principle of sowing and reaping, which God has um, ordained to to be the way that the world functions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can think about this in, in a lot of other ways as well. You can think about um, from a um, nutritional standpoint. God mm-hmm. has ordained nutritional realities, and if you don't. Uh, acknowledge and abide by those you're going to reap consequences mm-hmm. physically in terms of how your you know your body reacts um you, you see this on a, on a lot of different fronts god has created reality and our responsibility as humanity is to submit ourselves to that good design um, and find freedom there and so bitcoin and is, is is a currency that is much more in line with that way of the world rather than fiat currencies which basically say debt is just money we owe ourselves right. we can create the reality that we want to see just by speaking it into existence right. or printing it into his existence. Yeah. Um, it's, so. it's the prosperity gospel version of it, right? It, it's a hundred percent. And so, and then again, why, why does this matter? And so that's, that's why it matters just in the broad, in the broad sense of, of honoring God and submitting yourself to God. Uh, but why does it matter to, for your neighbor's good? And the reason for that is because when you, when you, um, when you print money, when you, when you, uh, when humans have the ability to just do that without any, um, without any regard for, uh, you know, without the ability to account for all the negative externalities that happen mm-hmm. as a result mm-hmm. of that, all the unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. There's tons of unintended consequences. Right. And one of those, one of the primary one, is that it creates a stratified society where you have the rich who are close to um, the center to the the yeah, center of money production. They get access to easy money. They get access to cheap, very cheap loans. They get right. access to all these things, and they can give benefits to their friends and all these kind of things. Um, the people who, who suffer the consequences of that are the poor and the weak who aren't close to that nucleus. Um, and so you, you what happens where, where fiat currencies reign, you see a stratification um, and, and an abundance of, of poverty and suffering that affects ministers, that affects um, just real families and people. Um, I'll give one example. So when, when we were ministering in Uruguay, there were very few churches that could afford to pay their pastors a living wage. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, over time, the, the value of their currency in, in Uruguay, um, the value of their currency is, is devaluing much more rapidly than it is in, in the U.S. with the dollar. Um, and so since 1971, when the United States went off the gold standard, right. their currency in Uruguay has failed between three, I can't remember, wow. three or four times. Yeah. Brazil yeah. is very similar. Well, Venezuela, of course, the same Venezuela thing. Venezuela is yeah. the, the, you know, the country de jour who's yeah. experiencing this. Yeah. Um, but this is one of these things where you know imagine you're imagine you're a pastor you're shepherding your church in Uruguay you guys are trying to save up to be able to buy a building right. and every 12 or 13 years the money that you're denying yourself and the people are denying yourself to give to the church um, that money is getting devalued more and more and so it's able to the purchasing power of it goes down dramatically and so you're penalized for saving right you're penalized for denying yourself um, denying yourself consumption and not just and just running out and spending your money as fast as you can. Um, and so 
this again this has all kinds of effects on churches ability to pay their pastors to build buildings and so it just leaves uh, especially in a in a missional context it leaves a lot of um, you know a lot of missions works around the world uh, heavily reliant on people in the United States mm. people in the UK people in the West uh, more broadly and so this is unsustainable it's not good and again as we mentioned it denies the the creational reality upon which God designed the world um, and so again, all fiat currencies fail eventually, every yeah. single one of them. Um, and so Bitcoin represents a way to opt out of a system peacefully, yep. uh, voluntarily opt out of a system that preys upon the poor and the weak onto a just system that treats everyone the same, whether you're rich, poor, um, whatever you are. It, it has one standard, and you have to play by its rules and submit yourself to it rather than being able to manipulate it for your own benefit. Right, and you're providing a, a capitalistic incentive for, com for competition. A hundred percent. The old principle of the laissez-faire economics where uh, in so much of uh, the stratification you're talking about, it functions the basis of the wealthier become more significant image yes. bearers in society. Yes. Right, which I, so. which I think is, a, is a, an undoing of what James talks about and what Paul talks about in the the, the breaking down of the walls of partition, right? Yeah, 100%. So that our, our identity is not based on our financial yes. you know, our financial status, but on whom God created us to be. So as you're looking through this situation, the other thing that came to mind, Jordan, was as, as I'm, I've done a lot of work on, uh, on Puritan historical theology, mm. looking at um, the life of Richard Baxter, and a lot of the Puritan ministers were paid on uh, tobacco and yep. beer. That's yep. kind of what... It, do you foresee a time where some of these incentives will be given also to, to ministers or other professions as well? You, you'll be paid in this manner here. Yeah, so paid in, in goods or in Bitcoin? Where do you... Yeah, in, in both. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, you're opening that market, therefore, sure. why not? Sure, oh, 100%. And so, again, money, This we have, we're in this, uh, an identity, a series of identity crises going on right now. We yeah. have, you know, nobody knows what men and women are. We don't right. know what government is. We right. don't know what people are more broadly. And, and something that is maybe not intuitive, uh, not, not intuitively related to those things is what is money. Yeah. Um, and so what you believe about money is directly related to what you believe about ultimate reality and, and what people are and whether or not they're worthy of dignity. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that absolutely, as as Bitcoin continues to to grow um, in, in adoption and people understand it, again, it's, it's difficult to understand initially because most of us are so devoid of any conversation, any you know philosophical conversation, just basic understanding about what money is and what what it's designed to do. Right. Um, and so as more and more people understand what Bitcoin is, and conversely, as more and more people experience the negative effects of things like fiat currency, and, you know, we've experienced this the last... The true devaluing. Yeah. The, the, well, so this is a huge thing. As they experience devaluation monetarily, we're also, as you mentioned, we're experiencing devaluation in every other part of society. Right, right. Um, and so this is... Uh, one of the things that I would say is... Um, Basically, there's a very real sense in which, uh, if you go a long way with this, but there's a very real sense in which people um, are designed to be God's money. Mm -hmm. People are, are, we bear the divine image. Yeah. Um, whereas the, you know, the denarius in the days of Jesus, yeah. when they brought him the coin, said, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And he answers, he says, bring me a coin. And on that coin, on the front of it, it showed the image of Caesar, and it says, "Caesar, son of son of the son of the divine, uh, son of the divine." And on the back, it said, um, "High priest." Right. And so Jesus says, "Give to Caesar what Caesar's, give to God what's God's." Jesus draws a direct analogy between people and money, and the things that he chooses to, to illustrate that. You know, the coin shows a priest on one side; it shows a son of the divine on the other side. Right. 
it's drawing directly, and this is, we could go to, you know, James B. Jordan, Peter Lehart, <laughs> you know, this drawing directly on this idea of what it means to be human as laid out in Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. You have this, you know, people as priests, people as um, kings. And so this, this, these ideas are, are completely tied up with what money is designed to be and do. Um, and so I think as, as in, the, in a similar way as we see people being devalued around us, the redemption of money and, and having a money that is restored to serving the function that it's designed to function, that is going to realign the incentives in a way that are much more aligned with God's design with biblical, for people. biblical rationales, which Absolutely. in our case we're yes. talking about the double honor for minister. Yes, right? uh, very much so, yes. Yeah. Okay, very good. So when you look at the, the concept of Bitcoin, we've come a long way yep. since the early days. There's yep. a lot more propagation of it. The work you're doing has been just fantastic. I enjoyed talking to you. For those who are listening to the Perspective, let's know that I serve on the board of Theopolis. I was uh, Jim Jordan's pastor for yep. three years. Oh, man. And we're staring at James Jordan's work through new eyes. Yep. I'm talking to a guy who actually knows who these people are mm-hmm. and who has... Uh, really had some level of influence um, from them, but also is invested in Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. as you look at the world and you look at the, the, the typology of the world, the patterns of the world, where does Bitcoin fall into this 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 pattern? Yeah. So I, I look at this, some people who are like, oh, Bitcoin's going to save the world. And I think that I'm, I'm nowhere near as naive to think that. Right. But what I see, I see throughout history, um, God in his providence and wisdom and power has, has given his church um, timely gifts in order to enable the expansion of the gospel and to enable his church to stand up against various forms of tyranny. Right. Um, and so I, one of the things I think about frequently as it relates to bitcoin is the invention of the printing press yeah gutenberg yeah much of much of the you know protestant reformation would not have been possible humanly speaking apart from uh, or was aided significantly by the printing press this decentralizing innovation um, that enabled um you know people who didn't who weren't you know high very high up the hierarchy of of um, ecclesiolo- ecclesiological mm-hmm. uh, leadership to expand ideas and, and get them out and decentralize them to the everyday people. Um, Bitcoin does something very similar with money. Um, it decentralizes uh, the you know the decentralizes money in a very real way and brings it down um, to a, a peer-to-peer level and it allows people to interact with one another in a decentralized way without needing to go to a, a mediating third party. Um, it gives you Bitcoin gives you a lot of the same um, a lot of the same benefits in terms of uh, rather than having a a physical location with thick walls and guides with guns and all these kind of things to protect mm-hmm. you, um, Bitcoin leverages cryptography, the yeah. same cryptography that's protecting the nuclear codes and all these things. Right. Um, it leverages those you know gifts, tools, uh, innovations to provide a lot of the same benefits in a in a in a different way. Um, and again, in a counterintuitive way, we think, well, that's a very privileged thing for people in the West who have technology. One of the a lot of the places that have the, the highest percentage of Bitcoin adoption are Nigeria. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of these places who you know you're like, what? These people don't have maybe laptops. They don't have all these things, yeah. but they have cell phones. Yeah. And so you can do Bitcoin transactions yeah. from a simple you know, flip phone yeah. and all yeah. these kind of things. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I just think this is this is kind of the world that we're we're seeing. Um, you're seeing people who need these kind of tools reach out and use them. Um, and so again, we're we're gonna you know as as we 
continue to, to understand them. And we, we're going to kind of be behind the curve in a lot of ways in terms of in the West, in terms of understanding and appreciating the value. Um, but again, one of the things that Christ said was that those who are well have no need of a physician. Right. And so there's people all over the world who see and they've experienced the, the worst of fiat currency. And so they're running out and running to Bitcoin um, to be one tool in their fight just to live. Yeah. And I see the church leveraging here. This is part of our work is to help the church here in the United States and in, in the West more broadly um, to appreciate Bitcoin as a as a tool. Um, is one good tool yeah. in in the arsenal. In the arsenal of the kingdom. Exactly. In order to you know prevent things like the one of the, one key thing was the, the Canadian trucker protests. Yep, I remember where that. These guys for having wrong political opinions were debanked. Um, you know, overnight they lost access to their bank accounts, and so the only ones who they weren't able to take their money directly were those who had who had used Bitcoin. Right. And so I see Bitcoin ha- as having as being one tool in the broader uh, you know fight against this kind of tyranny. Um, that will allow churches to even just you know allow churches to be operate outside of the banking system, also enable them to very uh, uh, efficiently send money to missionaries overseas. These things are happening right now, um, and just that that use case is going to grow the more that we more that Bitcoin's adoption grows. That's great. Thanks, Jordan, for being the perspectivist. Just a, a couple of things that you would want people to know about your work these yeah. days. Yeah, you can find out more about our work at tgfb.com. Uh, the next thing that we have here in a couple of weeks is going to be the, the uh, Thank God for Bitcoin con, uh, conference. Yeah, tell me Miami. if you guys were speaking to that. Yeah, so uh, I just got off the phone, talked with uh, Zuby, who's a you know pretty, I guess, well-known social media personality and was very vocal against lockdown. Was on Joe Rogan show recently. Was on Joe Rogan show a couple times. Um, C.R. Wiley is going to be speaking yeah, as Chris, well. So great guy. Yeah, I spoke with him yesterday. He's a fantastic guy. Um, and, uh, several other um, PCA ministers. So the Presbyterians are well represented. <laughs> uh, we got a, a bunch of Reformed Baptists too. So appreciate those brothers as well and and so yeah a bunch of bunch of different people from the lar the wider bitcoin universe will be there as well so just kind of again unpacking a lot of these conversations and trying to help christians and the church more broadly appreciate what it is and, and you know the potential for it to be used around the world yeah well fantastic well, thanks for joining us man thank you